A big talker today has been, uh, I think, really a question. Can neo-Nazis be reformed? Do they deserve a second chance? And the answer would be yes. In most cases, I think, in some cases, but it has to be earned. And a Vice News investigation reveals that a well-known and at one time a very influential neo-Nazi has been, in fact, working in the city's ID department for some time. His name, Mark Lemire, he's had access to some of the most very sensitive information of Hamiltonians, the city's business at large, counselors, be it those he would agree with, those not. He's got access to it all. So who is he? Well, according to the reports, he was a one-time leader of the Heritage Front. This is a once prominent white supremacist group. He still has a current website, posts uh, hateful blogs on gays and immigrants. A basic Google search would uh, reveal so many red flags about Mr. Lemire that at the very least, someone has to explain how these many red flags were missed. Or if they were missed, was this person hired with someone fully knowing all the red flags? But how would he have gotten security clearance? This is a guy who once worked for Ernst Zundel, a Holocaust denier, who has been ruled in this country a national security risk. So if this guy's working for him, who gave him security clearance and access to such sensitive information? There are many questions that need to be asked. The city of Hamilton has declared now, yes, they're going to investigate it now. Okay, what the hell have you been doing for 13 years? This is crazy. Let's bring Richard Warman into the conversation. He's a human rights lawyer. He's also a member, board member of the, over at the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, and he knows Mr. Lemire's work quite well. Hello, good to have you, sir. Hi, Alex. Nice to talk to you. You know this man personally, and don't buy for a moment this notion that, you know, this was just a phase of his, you know, teen years. Oh, not at all. No, and I think the it's the evidence that I rely on to come to the conclusion that that's absolutely false. This is an individual who has spent decades uh, in the neo-Nazi movement, not just as sort of a, a follower, uh, but very much as a leader. He, The federal court found that he was the last known leader of the violent neo-Nazi uh, Heritage Front, which, as you noted, back in the 80s and early 90s, was the largest uh, neo-Nazi group in Canada. He worked for Sindel, as you noted, declared a national security threat by the, the federal court and deported back to Germany, where he did five years for his Holocaust denial. Uh, Lemire worked with Wolfgang Druga, uh, who was the, the previous leader before Lemire became the leader of the Heritage Front. Druga himself was ultimately murdered in 2005 by a drug-dealing uh, client of his, uh, shot dead. And uh, before that, he had been convicted of trying offenses in the U.S., of trying to take over the island of Dominica by force. Uh, this is a very sordid um, history. And is there any way that the person hiring him from the city of Hamilton would not have any knowledge of this? I mean, to play devil's advocate, he says, look, this was years ago. And and I think a lot of people say, well, if this was in his past, maybe he deserves a second chance. He did believe at one point in creating a white-only territory, which is, um, I think, pause for concern for anyone who would be hiring them. But is there any way that the person that hired him at the city of Hamilton wouldn't have known this? Uh you know, uh, that's that's within their HR department's uh, purview as to, to what they knew or they didn't know bringing him in. I think the more relevant question now is, having been there for 12 or 13 years, I think it's much more difficult to argue that you didn't learn at some point about his history. And I think the fact that, the, as Mac Lamoureux uh, put it in the Vice Canada news story about this issue, um, you know, they went to what appear to be fairly extensive steps to try and conceal his employment at the city of Hamilton. Uh, he wasn't listed on the directories. He wasn't able, you weren't able to reach him by dialing a telephone extension directly. You had to go through an actual uh, human operator. 
Um, there appear to have been a number of different steps taken to conceal his employment uh, or the fact that he was employed there. Um, there may be legitimate reasons for that. I'm, you know, I, I find it difficult to think of those other than the fact that you know who he is and you're trying to hide that. Well, yeah, because one of his, um, his, I guess, talents um, would be as an influencer on social media. And what we know about the far right, not the right, not conservatives, but the far right who, who are neo-Nazis and, and white supremacists, they have found themselves uh, ways to work around the dark web and kind of hide themselves and bring themselves in the mainstream, but under the, the radar that no one really notices him. And, and he was part of that world, was he not? Um, Mr. Lemire was one of the early adopters of computer technology to try and advance the messages of the neo-Nazi movement that he was involved in. There's no question about that. He had back in the day, uh, you know, a, a BBN, sort of the early, earliest uh, forms of chat forums uh, on the internet. So, you know, there's no question that he was involved in using uh, the internet and the World Wide Web to try and advance the messages that, that the uh, Heritage Front was promoting. There's absolutely no question about that. You know, look, disseminating hate propaganda and trying to poison the well of our communities against our fellow citizens uh, that you don't like because of their Jewish or their Muslim or, you know, their black or, or their sexual orientation, uh, you know, that has real concrete uh, harms in the real world. We just saw someone walk into various mosques in New Zealand mm-hmm. and murder 50 people. Mm-hmm. We had six people murdered in Quebec City at a mosque. Um, you know, there are any number of murders that have taken place, the shootings uh, that unfortunately have become all too common in synagogues across North America. You know, hate propaganda has a goal, and that's to demonize the target community and make them subject uh, to violent attacks. Right. Um, Go ahead. So, so yeah, no, it is absolutely uh, possible for someone to reform and someone to come out of that kind of, you know, dark world that you're involved in. But there has to be concrete and positive steps that, if, you know, that the person can demonstrate and say, look, I'm actually trying to make amends. Uh, this isn't just trying to whitewash my history. Yeah, I, I was speaking with someone yesterday uh, about someone who has, I guess, gone to this this world and they said, oh, it's just a phase. And I'm like, well, that, that's quite a phase. I mean, coloring your hair purple to me would be a phase or maybe uh, wearing jeans your mother doesn't like. That's a phase. Turning to a world of neo-Nazism and, and supporting white supremacy and wanting to create a white-only territory. Not the kind of phase I think anyone uh, should go through and, uh, you know, can come out of unscathed. Because while people, and I know this guy has really hidden behind the free speech laws... There is something called freedom of speech, and there's also something called responsibility, and you take that responsibility if you choose to use hate speech as free speech and then hide behind it. Yeah, and in this case, I think uh, the fact that he's been found to have been spreading illegal hate propaganda that violated the uh, Section 13 of the Canadian Human Rights Act, which was basically a good neighbor law that said, look, don't use the Internet to disseminate hate propaganda that attacks your neighbors in the worst possible ways. He had an article on there by a U.S. neo-Nazi who was subsequently convicted of pedophilia-related offenses uh, that talked about how gays and the black community were all responsible for the AIDS uh, epidemic. So when you have that, and you know, it went on from there, uh, he had a Holocaust denial material on his website. He had various sections on it that contained other forms of aid propaganda. So, you know, this is not a circumstance where we're talking about something that, oh, you know, maybe it was just offensive speech, um, which is not unlawful in Canada and, and never has been. Uh, this was material that was found by the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal to be illegal and, in fact, to have disseminated the kind of um, really extreme forms of uh, of hatred and uh, disseminating that kind of hate propaganda that is only covered by the by the law, either the the civil or the criminal laws. Well, it certainly has been an eye opener, and I'm 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 sure heads are going to roll, or at some point we will hear the uh, other side of this. But uh, thanks so much, Richard, for joining me. I appreciate it. 
Thanks, Alex. Thanks very much. That is uh, Richard Warman uh, with the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. Look, we'll see what Hamilton does. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point on Global News Radio.